good. Um, so, um, I'm, you know, since I don't know you guys, it might be helpful um, when you're answering questions if you just say your name before, and you know, so I can distinguish your voices. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously, congratulations on the deal. Um, I'm really interested in just hearing kind of the story of how it went down and, you know, how you guys came together, um, that, that kind of thing, if you want to just go into that a little bit. Sure. So I'll, I'll go a little bit into that. Uh, this is Seth, by the way. Okay. So, um, I started Reliable Source in, uh, 2016, um, quickly became, you know, you know, not one of just the fastest brokerage, you know, growing companies in the country, but um, I think we were like top 10 fastest growing companies in the country and then had a pretty big 2018. And that's when um, Scott, the president of Fitzmark, um, we were both part of a, a organization called YPO and he had heard about us and reached out one day um, via LinkedIn. And then uh, we had a, a cup of coffee one morning and then, you know, he kind of came up with the idea of, you know, what a merger would look like, um, you know, with our customer base and kind of the, you know, what we were doing to grow so quickly and what they've been doing over the 10 to 12 years they've been in business. And, um, you know, it, longer story short, it kind of, you know, escalated into more and more discussions. Um, and, and uh, eventually, you know, the deal came about and uh, it was just the right deal for both parties. Man, I'm telling you, you know, I, it, we were not looking to sell at all. Um, it, it was something that uh, wasn't an easy decision. Um, and, and just growing at the pace we were uh, definitely wasn't an easy decision to sell and nothing we were looking at. Um, but, but strategically... Um, for a long term, um, it, it just made the most sense to become a bigger player. Right, you're right. I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, and what, so I saw that um, Reliable was about uh, $50 million in revenue last year. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, the, the numbers haven't fully come out yet, but um, it's going to be either at the 50 or a little more. Okay. Um, and how many, how many brokers did you guys have? Um, uh, we had about, uh, I believe it was close to 50 at that point. Right, right. Yeah, the, like, a lot of the brokerages I talked to, the, you know, it's, the general kind of benchmark is like a million dollars in revenue per broker. Yeah. And, um, and to that point, it's funny, you know, with, uh, with all these tech, uh, you know, guys that are entering the market, they're trying to make it to where it's half a million ahead now, or that's kind of the rule of thumb it's going towards rather than a million. But yes, you're right. It's a million ahead is what it has been. Um, and Fitzmark was 200 million. No, that's our projection. We were about ninety-five million, as the article says, last year at about eighty employees. Okay, so that's a combined. Um, that's our combined projection for. This I see. Year. I see. I see. Um, okay, and I'm just curious to hear a little bit about your all mix of business. You know, contract versus spot. 
what kinds of freight uh, specializations you guys might have, if any, um, what the base, you know, are you guys, do you guys split it up between, uh, you know, customer facing and carrier reps, or is it cradle to grave, you know, just all, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, this is Doug. Um, we've kind of created like a unique hybrid just in the, in the short term to see how it works. Um, reliable comes from more of a cradle to grave type with their own hybrid, and then Fitzmark was kind of founded under that Chicago model that you, you mentioned. Um, right. But really, you know, us coming together, we created some new opportunities. Um, Fitzmark, we have an LTL platform we call Dash. Um, that was something that Reliable didn't focus on as much. Um, we're, I feel like Fitzmark's stronger in the flatbed market and Reliable is stronger in the reefer market, so bringing those together. And then just creating, you know, a platform that puts a, you know, gives us a bigger, broader customer base, a stronger carrier network, and then also hitting new geographic regions and seeing what's in, out there. Right. Um, and what what regions have you know? You guys are both based in the same city, but did you guys have um, sort of separate kind of regional entities? So this is Seth again. Um, so from the from the reliable source side, uh, we were very heavy in the food and beverage, uh, food and packaging game. Um, so you know, we 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 were all over the country, but our pretty our very strong points were the Midwest, Northeast, and Southeast. Um, and uh, you know, just with the aggressive nature of uh, the you know how we were um, and how we kind of brought our brokers up, uh, we so we were pretty heavy on the spot, and they were pretty. They had more of a, a contract. Fitzmark has more of a contracted business model. Um, again, they're very heavy in the uh, the LTL, which is really helpful for our customers um, and flatbed. So it, it was kind of a perfect match, um, and uh, so they're helping us on that. And we're expanding with our customers now with LTL, um, and we're uh, now we're reaching out to flatbeds using our aggressive nature, and then in return, um, you know. We're helping them, you know, with the the aggressive nature of, you know, helping with expedited and spot market loads, and we do have contracted rates as well. Um, and it's also we're, you know, we adjust to the market. You know, in 2018, um, you know, we we kind of saw, uh, you know, with the ELD mandate and all the craziness, we kind of we kind of sat there at the beginning of the year and we we're like, what kind of year is this going to be? Is this going to be a major flat or a major spot market year or you know a contracted year? And we kind of went spot market and it really you know paid dividends. And this year we're kind of maybe looking at that um, a little bit differently um, and more contracted. And Fitzmark really uh, knows what they're doing when it comes to that. So in terms of region, we're, we were really big in the Midwest, Northeast, and Southeast, um, and Eastern parts of Canada. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Um, I guess going along with um, contract, you know, we're starting to get into bid season. I've been talking to a lot of 3PLs who are kind of saying that. Well, I, I just published an article today. You know, it's kind of they're 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 aggressively bidding for for um, contract freight on lands that they think you know they, they where they can buy easily. Um, and but they're also kind of afraid because right now 
rates are so low and the shippers are push, trying to push rates down so much. It's like, can you, can you, how low can you really bid on stuff coming out of like Southern California if you know that at some point it's going to flip? Um, I'm just curious to hear, you know, how are you guys looking at um, contract and bid season uh, right now? I think uh, since we came together, we've done a good job of looking at our carrier network and relying on those carrier relationships and really being aggressive on the stuff we're comfortable doing. Like Seth said, the Midwest, we're in Indianapolis. So anything in and out of here, you know, we feel we're strong with. But just knowing what lanes we're good at and using our technology and our system to to create those opportunities and know what to go going hard on and, and you know, lay off if it doesn't fit our network well. And to Doug's point, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're relying on our, you know, our relationships with our customers. You know, we feel like that's another separator for us is um, we've built extremely strong relationships with our customers. Um, and, and so when a market like we saw in 2018 flips to 2019 and you see an economy and a GDP slowing um, and, and you might see, you know, not as much freight shipping in 2019, we look to leverage those relationships um, extremely hard and uh, if it's time to you know start really tightening up quotes but then the market kind of turns and the capacity starts crunching and we need a little bit more money well we do have those rates in place but you know it's always just about leveraging those relationships and as long as you keep those strong um, that's always going to be what kind of has been our separator right right so so it's kind of like you know like you guys basically make an effort to to stay on the same page with the customers, and if the market starts moving, I mean, the main thing is that you know they want their freight service, and so whatever kind of adjustments need to be made. Right, Absolutely. right. Just communicate. It's kind of the big key term, and, and uh, yeah, just communicate with them. Um. So. Doug, I think you mentioned um, you're kind of using uh, technology to create opportunities. And before, um, I think Seth had said something about Fitzmark's, or no, Doug said something about um, Fitzmark's LTL platform called Dash. I'm just, can you talk a little bit more about the kinds of uh, technology you guys have built? Yeah, absolutely. So Dash was created, don't quote me on this, but somewhere around March of last year. So it's still kind of one of those things we're, we're working with, but it's an LTL platform that kind of, so all of our LTL customers previous to that, you know, they're going direct through a broker. Now, depending on the understanding of their freight and their needs and making sure that we understand the class and whatnot, it's kind of a system that we can have them input their data accordingly and book their loads accordingly. So it's really a hands-off system. Um, you know, having complete transparency with the tracking as well, with the Dash, what we call Dash. Um, and then secondly, our in-house technology. Um, we've been working on that for almost five or six years now. And what I feel like we've done a good job of is creating like a carrier network and having the ability to easily see who's moved loads for us before and communicate with them accordingly. So when we do have that contract business, we can, we can schedule it and book it and plan it weeks out. And then with the spot freight coming in, we can use that to help grow, help ourselves grow. 
Cool. Um, that makes sense. Uh, I'm also, you know, I think one of the interesting things about this deal is that, you know, um, reliable source logistics is kind of, you know, coming under the Fitzmark umbrella. It's it's becoming Fitzmark essentially. It's it's more of a merger than, like, you know, a lot of times in repeal acquisitions, you know, they they you keep working as the kind of the same you know, the same company, the same sort of brand. But here, everyone's moving into the same office together. I'm just curious, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, integrating the cultures, you know, having having everybody, having, you know, the kids work together? You know, what does that look like? How, how are you guys um, going to kind of merge these operations? Yeah, I think when Seth and Scott started talking, this is Doug, by the way, um, when Seth and Scott started communicating about this, we kind of expanded the conversations to make sure that we would be a good culture fit. And um, it's worked out really well. I think in the article it even said that we, we haven't uh, lost any employees through it. Um, but the biggest thing is kind of understanding the similarities and differences and then creating strategies together and then training them to the group with transparency across the board so that everything's working efficiently is kind of the vision that we had. And there's been a lot of training sessions and a, a lot of conversations to make sure that everybody's on the same page and that we're all doing everything together. And, and to, this is Seth here to piggyback on what Doug said, you know, at Reliable Source, you know, being in business two years, you know, we, we were just getting to that, uh, to that size where we were going to have to structure a little bit more, possibly get a CFO, possibly get an IT department and all that. So we were operating pretty thin. So it was kind of a perfect storm. You know, you got 50 guys, it, it, you know, it, it's almost like uh, if you like envision like a, a, a frat house or, you know, like a boiler room where, you know, you just got guys just in there just broker and freight all day. So right. for Scott to come in and just it, it was really like we just picked up our stuff and moved. Um, it, it, you know, we didn't have to whose CFO was better, whose IT department was better. It was literally just like, you know, you got 50 guys, a big group of sales guys just picking up their stuff and moving over. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense. So you, you guys were kind of at the reliable, kind of at the point where you were going to have to add a bunch of overhead. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. And so it's like, why not just merge? And then, you know, you, you get, the, you don't have to build yourself. You get the benefit of what, you know, Fitzmark has already done. Fitzmark is getting all this extra revenue where they don't have to, you know, churn a bunch of brokers to find out who's going to last and who's going to be good at it. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. They had a proven, uh, you know, proven team in us that, you know, I mean, who couldn't have grown any faster than, you know, we did in two years. And it, it, again, it, you're spot on with it. It was a, per, it was a pretty perfect fit. That makes sense. Um, I think, um, that's probably all I need from you guys. Um, you know, again, congrats on the deal. I'm, I'm excited to see what, see how you guys do in uh, 2019. Um, and I'll be, you know, I t- so I talk to a lot of brokers and stuff every day, basically, just to kind of see what's going on in the markets and, you know, try to build a, a consensus about, you know, where things are going. So I'd appreciate it if, you know, you guys were would be willing for me to uh, you know, drop you a note and set up a quick, you know, 10, 15 minute call just to check on things every now and then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Come up to cool, the, dude. come visit the building. 
Yeah, I might have to do that. That's that's cool. Um, so, are you, are you guys is, are you guys going to be the biggest uh, freight broker in Indianapolis now? I think so. I mean, that's what we're we're aiming to be. You know, top in the region. I, I don't know where it exactly puts us, but I, I think it puts us up there. And did did both? I, I was looking at LinkedIn um, yesterday. Uh, one of y'all came from Command. Yeah. Um, when who is that, and where did the where did the other guy come from? Um, that's Doug. I came from Command. I worked there for four years, and then left and uh, found Fitzmark. So things things worked did out. Did you did you work there after Echo bought them? No, before before that. Okay. Okay. And I came from another brokerage in Indianapolis, um, and without going into too much detail, because there's um, there was some uh, legal, uh, you know, I, I we were under you know certain things that just the the suit just ended, but um, it, it's fun. It's pretty long story how it all came full circle, but you know, long story short, um, I came from another brokerage in Indianapolis and was their top sales guy for about four or five years. So that they're like probably like not compete issues. Correct, but the, the, the former owner of uh, where I came from started here. So it's kind of a funny, long story how it came in <laughs> the circle. That's funny. Okay. All right, man. Um, well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, and I'll, I'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, JP. Thanks a lot.